This nerdy deep dive isn't about who you think it's about, probably. I couldn't just not talk about Luca. It's genuinely a great movie, despite not being a gut punch like the previous Pixar entries, but there's a lot of talk about Vespas, and anyone who's ever played Mario Kart with me knows my deep love of the art of the Vespa. Folks, welcome to Checkpoint Church, where nerds, geeks, and gamers come together to talk about faith, games, and Vespas. I am your nerd pastor, Nate. If you like these weekly deep dives, hey, be sure to sub and hit that bell to find out when our next one will drop. As always, we're going to be starting with our scripture for today. This time we're reading from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. We'll be reading from the NRSV. That's my preferred translation. It's what's going to be on the screen. If you have a translation you prefer, feel free to use that one instead. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. Luca is a 2021 American computer animated coming of age fantasy film produced by Pixar Animation Studios and distributed through Walt Disney Studios. The film is directed by Enrico Casarosa and was written by Jesse Andrews and Mike Jones. The story revolves around a young goatfish herder named Luca, who is a sea monster that lives below the surface of the waters surrounding Italy. Despite his people being deathly afraid of the surface dwellers, Luca ventures out into the world and meets the rebellious Alberto, who instills in him a love and curiosity for the surface and for the human world. In particular, the two dream of buying a Vespa so that they can travel the world and see all that it has to offer. To raise the money, the two partner up with the human Julia, who befriends the two by finding that which makes them different to also be extremely relatable. She may not be a sea monster, but she knows how it feels to be othered. The journey then sets forth for the three of them to win the local triathlon and earn the money to travel the world. That's the basic gist, and it's a really cute movie, but I want to talk more about this guy because he's just the cutest. This is Massimo, and he is the father of Julia. He also just so happens to have one arm and to be quite the imposing figure. He is a fisherman and is on the hunt for the supposed sea monsters in the area. And just by looking at him, uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to say he'd be efficient at cooking up some sea monster sashimi if he got his hand on one. I'm just saying. At the start of the film, Massimo is portrayed as being pretty suspicious and definitely not a fan of these sea monsters. But after seeing the relationship blossom between these two boys and his daughter, Julia, he has his world rocked a bit when he discovers their true nature. He finds himself faced between the decision of trusting his ingrained biases or allowing himself to change and move past those feelings. And that's a really tough thing to do. Arguably, he only really is capable of this change because of his love of his daughter. And y'all know that that daddy-daughter trope always does me in. But maybe for a moment, we can look at our scripture and discern if there is something else happening behind Massimo's change of heart. The Epistle of Romans is one of the writings from Paul, and it kind of serves as this primer text sent to the people of Rome before Paul actually arrives to go and do any evangelism. Up until chapter 12, Paul has been mostly doing a doctrinal 101 course, offering up a study of sorts. And then there's this noticeable shift that happens in chapter 12. Paul stops talking so much about what has actually gotten us to this point and begins to discuss where we will go from here and how these teachings should impact how we live our lives. So how does Paul begin his dissertation on how we should live our lives? Well, by presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. Ooh, cool, cool, cool. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah. Well, what, 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 what does that mean? Well, it was a pretty standard measure in the Jewish faith to sacrifice something on behalf of our shortcomings, to pay back for what we've done historically with animal sacrifices. But during this time, it would have been more like 
finances, taxation, tithes. And then remember that Paul has just told us for 11 chapters that we really aren't worthy of forgiveness and that the only way we've received it has been through the sacrifice of Jesus, who has wiped the slate clean. So sacrifice is no longer really like needed because the sacrifice of Christ was more than sufficient. But this video isn't about atonement. We're talking about how we should live. Regardless of necessity, Paul says we should live our lives as sacrifices, as if we are now the sacrificial lamb being offered up by giving ourselves to God. Okay, so how? Okay, don't become formed to the world, but be transformed. Okay, wait, when do we start talking about the world? Maybe Paul will explain. Let's continue. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Okay, still, still really not picking up what you're laying down here, Paul. No, wait, no, here it is. There's one body with many members. Oh, okay. Now we're cooking with butter. What's right at the beginning of how Paul teaches that we ought to live is this. In community. With one another, even with those that we disagree with. The very first thing worth being said about how life is to be lived as a follower of Christ is together. And we kind of mucked that one up a bit, huh? So now let's take that idea and work backwards to where Paul got us all confused. We are members of one body. So let's not be conformed by the world, but transformed by the renewing of our minds. So we're to be in the world without a doubt together, whole, one body, but we aren't called to just do what the world does, but we still have to be in the world because we're all a part of this thing together. And what was next? Not to think of ourselves higher than we ought. Well, that is part and parcel of what we call humility, my friends. So in our act of being out in the world, we are to be clear and discern good from bad, but we're also called to not pretend that our own mess don't stink. Why? Why would this be the first thing that Paul would teach the Romans to do? Paul has seen how this stuff happens. He has seen how churches go and he's done it himself. Back in his Saul days, he murdered Christians. Why? Because they were different. It's in our blood and DNA to other people. We desperately want to exclude, divide, break apart. But the reality of the body of Christ is that it is a uniting factor. It is the one that goes after the one sheep leaving the 99. So what's the first thing you need to do? Get over yourself and get out in the world. And what will you find there? transformation of your mind, not just because of the grace of Jesus that is out there, but because when you start to humble yourself and enter into places you don't know with people you don't know, you'll be amazed at what you'll find. That's exactly what happened to Massimo. He had in his mind what sea monsters were. He knew them. He hated them until he got out there or, well, really, they really got into his life. And suddenly he learned the truth in his humility. They weren't scary. They weren't mean. They were loving and kind and worthy of love and kindness. So maybe some of us have skipped step numero uno from Paul here. We are so scared of getting outside of our comfort zone that we can't even let ourselves learn of all of the goodness in God's children who look differently than ourselves. Maybe we're so worried about agreeing or disagreeing, approving or disapproving, that we've somehow forgotten that we're all a part of the same blessed body. You want to talk about conforming to the world? Well, hatred, bigotry, racism, sexism, that stuff seems to be pretty rampant in the world that I see. Perhaps it's time we move past the conforming that we've gotten so used to and get into the holy work of transformation. It shouldn't take the other side bleeding into our turf for us to love them. We're better than that, or at least we should be. 
if we're trying to live like Christ lived. And make no mistake, doubts will creep in. And when those doubts creep in, what do we say? Silencio Bruno! Thanks for listening to our weekly nerdy deep dive into the world of nerds, geeks, and gamers. We hope you enjoyed the podcast version of this show. If you'd like to experience this video in its intended full viewing, feel free to find us over on YouTube at Checkpoint Church and watch it there. If you're interested in supporting what we're doing, feel free to go to www.checkpointchurch.com support for information on how to donate or support us financially or otherwise. Or you can go through the Anchor app and support us there as well. This program is created, produced, and edited by Nathan Webb and distributed by Anchor. Find us on twitch.tv slash checkpointchurch where we'll be streaming on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Thanks again for listening to our show. And remember, God loves you. We love you. You matter. Be boldly blessed, and we will catch you next time.